It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies in theaters, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hello, Jim. Hey, hey. And also we have, as usual, the often imitated and never duplicated Merman. Hey there, Murray. Yo. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Well. Thanks to all who've been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please support us and join the growing Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. All members get special episodes and content only for members, and all members that sign up will get a special limited edition Film Rage merch item. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible film. Shout out to our biggest listening province in Canada, Alberta. And there's been so much fight for number one in the U.S. We have to talk about it. But this month, so far, it's so close. New York is still on top. California is coming up the rear, which happens a lot. I understand. And then Texas is coming in close. Guns a blazing. So, go Rangers. Go Rangers. Movies are back at Canyon Meadow Cinemas. We are open for your viewing pleasure with great new films opening weekly. All health-regulated protocols are in effect for a safe and enjoyable experience. And don't forget, we should be your first choice for your next birthday party or special event. Can't make it to the cinema? We got you covered. Order concessions from our online store, and you can either choose curbside pickup or get them delivered via Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, or DoorDash. For more details, go to canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. Here at CMC, we would like to thank you for your continued support. And we are looking forward to seeing you at the movies. Every time I hear this music, it just makes me want to groove. But this makes me want to dance. Streaming, Jim. All right, so this week we started with a little video on demand. The Yo D, baby. Uh, it is a movie by the name of The Waterman. Uh, the Waterman, David Oyelowo's directorial debut, is the story of a boy named Gunner who embarks on a quest to find the Waterman, a local legend who is said to have healing powers that he hopes can save his dying mother. 
in an it's an earnest look at the effect that a terminal illness has on a family. The film succeeds, especially in the portrayal of Gunner, played by Lonnie Chavis. As a boy dealing with his mother's illness, he is very he's a very focused young man that will stop at nothing to save his mom. There are some effective scenes throughout as Gunner's illustrations come to life. It gives us a look into Gunner's point of view as his drawings become a gateway to the magical world he has created where the waterman exists and can cure his mom. While parts of this movie were very well done, the sum of its parts fell flat. It had a feel, it had a kind of a made for TV feel that had an ending that was straight out of a Hallmark movie of the week. There is an inconsistency to the film that even the absolutely stellar cast of Rosario Dawson, Maria Bello, Alfred Molina, and David Oyelowo could not save. This film is not really bad. This film is not really good. This film is meh. Well. Uh, ditto? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think I can remember if you said where we streamed this, but, um... It was supposed to come out on Netflix. We thought it. I thought I saw it somewhere. Yeah, it's, I think it's in Yankee Land. And it again. didn't. Uh, and and then we so we had to pay for it on VOD, which I did. wasn't disappointed with. So um, but can I just say, wow, when Rosario wants to bring her A game, Rosario Dawson's awesome. Uh, she really brings her A game. Yeah, I love uh, as does this young new actor, Lonnie Chavez. He's great. Uh, who plays Gunner Boone, our hero. I guess I would say he's a hero. This incredible tale of losing your mom was told through the eyes of this young man and his search for the Waterman. It's a good little Disney-like made-for-TV movie. (laughs) Felt like a Pagemaster-type quest. Kind of like it. Uh, It was good for what it was. But it was meh. It was meh. But the ending, but the ending was a great mondo oh, the, Hallmark the ending, movie moment. Oh, the ending was almost. I think I threw up a little bit in my mouth when the little girl ended up at the table too, and they're all one big happy family. It's like really, is this is this how life works? All of a this sudden, it's because it, it, it seems as like mind. it seems as if she's actually living with him at this point too. Because oh, I'm so glad that this that you were brought into our lives. It's like what the heck is going on? What is happening? Uh, here? Yeah, but, you know, you know what? It's uh, it's a little unfair for us sometimes to judge these type of movies because we're not the audience we're uh, yeah, going yeah. for. No, right? we're like, not. This is really. This is, I think, more of a teenage coming-of-age type film. Which is, where I love teenage coming-of-age type films. You like, no, you like 13-year-old girl coming-of-age films. That's, that's the movies you no, like. That's We've already not discussed true. this. Our infinitum on this podcast. What? You don't like coming-of-age boy shows. That's it's, not true. You're, you are telling untruths. It's been true in the uh, past, I'm just saying. You, you know not of what you speak. <laughs> Maybe. But maybe try, try to make a point. Do you, do you have one? Yeah, the point was it wasn't a coming of age for a 13-year-old girl. So I can see why it wasn't a Mondo for you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. So we also got to see on Shudder. Dum-dum. Murray, are you awake? Yeah, I'm there. I didn't hear a dum-dum from you. <laughs> I didn't hear a dum-dum from you, dum-dum. 
Exactly. Well, I'm over Shutter. All right, there you go. Uh, so we got to see the movie Sun from 2021. And I'm still going to read the IMDb overcast. So of course people you don't are. have to. When a young boy contracts a mysterious illness, his mother must decide how far she will go to protect him from terrifying forces in her past. Just kind of a little bit about what it's about. And it's directed and written by Ivan Kavanaugh, stars Andy Matichak, Emil Hirsch, what are you doing in this movie? And Luke David Blum, or Bloom, depending on how many M's you put in it and how you pronounce the, the number of M's that are there. I don't think so, you can possibly pronounce it anywhere but Blum. I don't know. Maybe he's from another country where they pronounce it Bloom. With two M's the, after it, that would just that would blow my grammatic mind. There's no way. Well, when you say there's no two M's in Plum. Maybe I don't know. Maybe how does Heidi Klum? How does she spell her name? Does she have two M's? No. Maybe I'm no, no. completely Ready wrong. It it's You're one a, M. It's one M. There we go. Trust me, Perfect. I know Heidi Klum. And no, and I'm, stand, I'm taking U, a stand. Two M's is um. Heidi Klum, ha, 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 Murray has her poster in his bedroom, I'm pretty sure. Uh, not anymore. Okay. Oh, yeah, you okay, had to, well, you had to get you a new one because that one got covered in white yeah, paint. well, whatever. Maybe. Keep uh, <clears throat> so, talking. Exactly. Uh, holy crap. Right from the first scene. I'm like intensity much. The panting and the radio evangelist really creeped me out. Like right from like the first two minutes of this film, I was like, I have no clue what's happening right now, but I am dialed in. Uh, CLFs, I know they try to make them cute, but most can't pull it off. Uh, he started a little annoying, but soon won me over as he got sicker and sicker. Uh, more real as the film progressed. His illness was super, super creepy. And the little CLF played by our friend Luke David Bloom. Huh? No. Blum? It's Blum. Blum. Okay, there we go. Uh, I think he did a fantastic job. I love this kid. I want to see him in everything. Why isn't he in more things? And I want to see him right now. So let's let's find him in another movie. Uh, the music was tense and heart pounding at times and dramatic at others and had a con had a uh, constant pulse through the film and just oozed the music just oozed with tension at about 35 minutes into this film uh the source of our cute little clf takes a new turn in this unfolding story as the story uh unfolds there is so much we don't know about our lead actress and the deeper the story goes the more of a web her character has weaved really? and there are so many questions we have the director just keeps giving um. us more and more pieces of the puzzle but just enough to confuse and tantalize us it had a real homage feel to early cronenberg kinda like the brood meets rabid uh i loved love love the tones and sound of the music in this film so well done, the slow build to the end and the creep factor of the CLF was awesome. But then, as we neared the end of the movie, as the real story started to unfold, some of the delivery lost some of its luster. The dialogue of the mom and the CLF did not seem as genuine. Plus the big speech by the mom as we got close to the end was not so great. And then the end, um, 
uh, the very end was kind of predictable and just i was just kind of like okay although the last fire scene was pretty stellar thought it was going to love this film uh as it started out but i just didn't love the director's full vision the film is a great ride to be on and i can't even put my finger on it but the more the story opened up the more it became a met great effort but uh it didn't deliver on the suspense i was hoping that it should have so it was a met for me yeah it started so good that opening scene i was like okay just like you i'm ready Really, really good opening few moments in this one, but all in all, ter- a terrible beginning with the mom running across the street to tell her neighbor to call 911 instead of trying to protect her kid. What? Okay, so okay, so this may have driven you nuts, but this exact same thing happened to me as a kid. I was dying in my backyard, and my mom ran away from me. Well, could so she... it's believable okay. to me. But she probably ran away... Maybe to the house and phone. No, my a- mom ran away. Like she actually ran down the street away from me. I had to, I had to drag my blood. Okay, well, I, corpse I don't neighbor. Don't understand so. that. Could she not have picked up the phone herself? Do they not have a phone? I'm not a parent, but yes. you know, if your kid so is I'm an parent, my mom danger. is crazy, and this lady was crazy, and that's. I don't, I don't, that's bizarre to me anyways. I wouldn't be running in the other direction, but apparently you that's what happened. Okay, crazy fair enough. ladies do. That makes no sense to me, but whatever. Middle of the movie was good, but it became blatantly obvious that the detective in this story was going to be a bigger part of this and the filmmakers would like you to think at that mm-hmm. moment. Everything started to become predictable from who would be sacrificed to how this would end. It would have been nice to have something anything happen that could have not been predicted like 10 minutes earlier and by the time you got to the 45 minute mark that was not happening like i could have written the rest of the film and i would have been nice if they would have taken some sort of left turn somewhere and they did not still the journey was still nicely paced the performances were good the effects were decent yes really good actually this was a shutter original meh yeah, you know, I, I, I can't even really put my finger on it though, because there, I think there was so many turns in this film that it could have been great. Yeah. But as I'm watching it, as I'm unfolding, you're right. The predictability is what got under it, oh, under my skin a bit. But also, like it, 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 it was kind of like as soon as you saw him eating the neighbor, it's kind of like okay, so. Now, like they, they could have helped. I think up to that point when he ate the neighbor which isn't going to be a surprise to anybody that sees this because it's pretty early in the film. But, um, you know, by the time he eats the neighbor, you're kind of thinking this could have come 20 minutes or 30 minutes later and they could have built a little bit more of the story. So there's still a lot of the story we don't know because we didn't really get to know it, but we knew it was going to happen. That's what was bothering me, right? I'm I'm with you. (laughs) As I say, I just kept on watching it and... After the four, I, maybe even before 45 minutes, but for, for a while I was actually really into this, but it just yeah. fell off. And the off music and sound wasn't, the music and sound was oh, incredible. Yeah. Well made movie. Incredible. Everything was incredible. Yeah, it had all the ingredients of a good movie and uh, ended up being a meh. Yep. Double meh. You know what that means? What does that mean, Jim? <laughs> all right. So from there, well, 
we got to go to the cinemas again. And uh, I put Murray on the docket because I'm assuming he probably saw this four times in the in the theaters. I've only seen it once, but I saw it on Thursday night. Oh. Because my boss changed my schedule and I had four hours to kill. Four um, hours. You could have seen it two twice. and a half, one and a half times. Twice. Exactly. Yeah. But once was it. enough for that. You day. couldn't have seen it two times in four hours. No, exactly. but one uh, and a half you could have. Because they don't make half. they don't make Marvel movies less than less than two hours just, now. They should just yeah. stop they making Marvel movies. Apparently, apparently, it's now when they make a movie, it's it's the budget that dictates how long the movie is. If the budget is over two hundred million, yeah, it's got to be over two hours. It's I guess just so. it's kind of yeah. a thing now. I don't know. Deadpool right. wasn't two hours, and it was awesome. Anyway, but it wasn't two hundred million. Uh, it was over hundred, I think. Anyway. Yeah. But it wasn't uh, 200. Well, yeah, this film, of course, Black Widow, was about Natasha Romanoff uh, in between the Civil War and Infinity War, you know, when she was like, you know, being pursued by the world governments for being a criminal. Uh, and yeah, she ends up going back home to Russia and reuniting with her quasi-family type. Uh, no surprise, I love this movie, as you know I would. Uh, it had uh, one of our favorite things in the world in it. Ladies who kick ass and punch dicks. Yep. There was no shortage of them. They were everywhere. Besides the, the three main characters, like there was a whole army of them. In <laughs> fact, there, there were very few male characters in this movie, other than the main bad guy, played, of course, by Ray Winston, who is awesome. Uh, I even enjoyed What's-His-Name from that uh, Stranger Things um uh, Show. Stranger Things, dude. Yeah, I don't really like him, but I liked him. In this, he was very funny. He was a comedic, uh, you know, just trying on his red guardian David outfit. David Harbor. Like, yeah, he's trying on his, his old outfit that was like three sizes too small because he had a big gut. It was that was pretty funny. He fit into it. Uh, yeah, lots of action. I enjoyed the you know the the pace of it, and uh, they went a little far with the the CGI and the you know blowing stuff up towards the end there, but uh yeah, I still liked it. I gave it a Mondo. Sweet. Awesome. Uh, Bryce, do you want to go next or do you want me to go next? Uh, might as well go next. So as as uh, Murray mentioned, I mean, it's about Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow. And it apparently takes place between Civil War and Infinity War. So why are we getting this movie now? It surely would have been more effective before we know when Black Widow dies. This is some very curious timing. This movie is very noisy. The action sequence just feel like filler. The action is contrived with people falling from tremendous heights, but bouncing off various structures on the way down and then ultimately landing on their feet. <sighs> Relatively unscathed, I might add. I guess Black Widow is part cat. I was not aware of that. The family dynamic that played out was predictable, especially the double cross that ended up not being a double cross. Predictable... Ugh. Noisy, uninspired, silly action movie, and not very entertaining at all. I know a lot of people want to see this movie get made, but I don't understand why. And now that I've seen this movie, I am still asking the same question. I am sure a Black Widow movie could have been made that I would not have hated. But this one is not that movie. This was a rage. Oh, there you go. Um, and just for your correction... <clears throat> she is not a cat. She's oh. Black Widow. She's a spider, which also uh, lands on its feet. Oh, uh, there you go. Because so, they have web coming out their ass. Right. Like, get with it. Okay, but get I saw no web coming it. out of her ass. 
Well, because they CGI'd it out. No, okay. see, they, they got they got the high def cameras. It would have picked up the web coming out of her bum. I don't know. They just this went like this with an eraser, and it would have been gone. Because she's magic. She's a freaking Avenger, for God's sakes. Well, she's that. one of the she's one of the Avengers. It's not like a superhero though. So I don't know. She's she's. Superhero I would argue her eyes. job is harder because she doesn't have any powers. Exactly, just like her which, and Hawkeye. Which I would argue then the laws of physics should apply to her. They did. She landed on a bunch of stuff. She got bruised. They even showed the bruising. Yeah. And uh, she land. She's a spider, so she landed about, on her feet. Um, Batman. He always seems to land on his feet, and he's not. He's not a superhero. Either. He's, yeah, not he's, a he's wearing a, He's wearing either. the bat suit, though. He's in a bunch of armor. Well, yeah, but yeah, well, but so he, is she. He, he defies the laws of gravity too. So whatever. She's wearing spandex. <laughs> you know, you start breaking down superhero movies. That's just that's just wrong. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's just. Right, yeah, so when they're superheroes, she's not. She's just, they're not meant to be real. She's just a schmo that hangs out with superheroes. Let me tell you what I think about this movie. Okay, so. Uh, it's good. I'm done. <laughs> Perfect. No, I have Let's more to on. say. So it's Disney. It's Marvel. It's a sequel. So it it's could be a prequel, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a sequel to one of the movies. There's like 80 yeah. of them. Yeah. But... Uh, there is a shit ton of ladies who kick ass and punch dicks, as Murray had alluded to, which makes for a super hot female action in this film. The car chase scene was really incredible and creative, I thought. CG at times was bad and other times was great. This is a comment specifically for my son-in-law, Kevin. Tom Cruise is a real action star and he makes real action scenes and they are way better than a ton of falling CGI debris. I'm just saying. So Kevin, if you're listening to this episode, just know Tom Cruise, great action film, and he does his own stunts. And this is a lot of CGI falling debris. I have said so many times already, but I need to bring this up because I'm going to talk about this later uh, until fucking people understand. And maybe they change the way that we're seeing films, especially Hollyweird. They need to get this right. Stop making movies pretending American actors with bad Russian accents or even worse, British actresses with bad Russian accents or other British actresses with bad Russian accents play Russian characters. It was ruining the whole dialogue for me through the whole movie. Just stop it and cast great Russian actors. I wish I could have ignored the dialogue. Yeah, well, the dialogue was was only part of the problem. The accents was the real problem. The film itself had some good intrigue and fight scenes as well as the typical Marvel storylines and good quality superhero films. I still got to say I'm tired of superhero films right now, for the most part, unless you do an amazing one. This one was good. It had it had done, it was a bit darker than most because right off the bat when people start dying, that's not normally a Marvel staple. So I kind of like that. Um, uh, was also full of super Disney influence and revisiting of the family so many times which got so old after a while the ending setup with rachel weiss and scarjo was predictable as bryce had mentioned but i thought it was done pretty good because they did go back and show it the film was actually better than i thought based on the trailers i liked it as far as marvel films go i i didn't go see it to grow as a person I went to go see Ladies Who Kick Ass and Punch Dicks, and it delivered on that. So 
because it's a Marvel and Disney, you know it's going to be have some level of quality. It was well done, but it was just a meh for me. Awesome. <laughs> and that's the truth. And that's it. Yep. I you will know, say there's there's one thing I did, that I didn't like, which was not Mondo about it, was the end credits, which I'm not gonna. It doesn't really. I'm not gonna give anything away, but basically. Uh, if you haven't seen uh, Falcon and, and Winter Soldier, don't bother staying for the end credits because they won't make any sense. Yeah, true enough. Like the, I hate that they do that. Like they used to do yeah. it the other way around. They used to like tease the Agents of Shield show with, yes. with with the movie, but now it's the other way around. They have now they're teasing uh, TV shows on their Disney Plus, which haven't even come out yet. Yep, they they want you to they want well, they you want you to, to subscribe. They, they want they your money. want you to go get Disney Plus, and that is very uh, uncool. And then, yep, you know Other you know that, that Disney it. Plus is eventually going to add an option to buy these movies on Disney Plus and store it, like Amazon sure. started doing. Now, well, yeah, right? and, so, and they, this was streaming on Disney Plus as well, but they want to charge you thirty bucks to see it. <laughs> like I, I saw it for eight dollars in the theater. Oh, why yeah. would I pay? Why would I pay thirty? It's just stupid. You saw it for eight bucks? Yeah, it was. Well, maybe this one wasn't, but it was like eleven. But still, it's cheaper. It's than better 30. than thirty-five. Well, than 30. I guess if we were having a watching party at Bryce's house be, and had eighty-five-inch screen, then it wouldn't have yeah, been bad. Exactly. Anyway, right? Mm. Yep. Was what That's it was. Enough. That's enough of that Disney. It's enough of that. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Okay. So, my rage this week is a little bit complex. But I'm going to start it off by recasting the film of Black Widow with actual Russian actors. So I'm just going to say uh, Alexei Starobryakov, cast as Alexei, played by David Harbour. And we last saw him in the film Nobody. And guess what? He speaks Russian as his first language, and he's got a Russian accent. What a concept. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Val Pilisa. I can't pronounce these names. They're Russian, but I'm going to do my damn worst at it. Paralagina plays Yelena, currently played by Florence Pugh. How? Oh, Pugh. And although only credit she has in her repertoire is Beanpole, she acted the shit out of that film. And so I'm sure she could just as easily have learned English with a Russian accent as Florence learned a Russian accent. And finally, Anna Yukolova playing Malina currently played by Rachel Weisz. Most of us might know her from the great Russian film, Leviathan from 2014. Maybe a stretch for her age, because I think she's still a little bit younger than Rachel Weisz's character. But again, I'm sure her learning English would be easier than trying to teach Russian accents. I mean, 
Jackie Chan still can't speak English, and he's been making English movies for 40 years because all he gets is actual, um, what are they called? The the post-its up so he reads he reads it in Chinese and enunciates it in English because he doesn't he's never he's never made the effort to learn English and good for him. He's, his first language is, is Chinese. So my rage this week is a stop doing it. Stop putting stop putting actors who have to learn to make an accent from another fucking country when they could just easily cast amazing actors from the country where they're trying to cast from. So that's the first part of my rage. The second part of my rage is stop making more of these fucking superhero movies. Make some real original content. And the third thing, stop making Disney movies so Disney. That's my rage. Mm. Interesting. Oh, you have good points. Unfortunately, it's Disney and the only one thing they care about. That's making money. They don't care about anything else. If everything they're doing though now is so like they've ruined Star Wars, they're ruining Marvel for me. What else are they going to ruin for us? What other what other series do they have that they're going to ruin? I don't know, but I'm sure they're going to buy it from somebody else. Stop all it! They do is, that's all they do is buy other stuff. All right, that's it. I'm done. So originally my rage was going to be about Black Widow as well. You know, the whole deal, like, did we really need a two-plus-hour movie to introduce a character that nobody particularly cares about? Uh, But then I actually got really angry because I looked at what was playing this weekend. And if uh, on Friday, July 16th at uh, Cineplex Odeon at the Magic Lantern Roxy Theater... In Saskatoon at 7.30 p.m., you can see Pig. You can see Pig. Road trip. At at the Rainbow Cinemas Golden Mile at 1.15 and 8 p.m. on that same day. In Regina, you can see Pig. At the Mayfair Theater at 6.45 in Ottawa. Guess what you can see? Pig. Pig. And you know where you can see Pig other than that? Everywhere else? Nowhere! Nobody's showing pig. Three cinemas so, in the whole freaking country are showing pig. So None of them near me. Landmark doesn't even have it as an option. Like, they don't even have the movie listed as ever coming. I don't understand. There is one freaking movie that I want to see this summer. It's pig. Everything else, I could care less about. I'm going to go see them. I'm hoping some of them will be at least watchable. They don't look like it but I guess we'll find out. I want to see Pig. I know that this will be an experience. I may absolutely love it. I may absolutely hate it, but I guarantee one thing, it won't be freaking meh. And I'm going to be watching meh after meh after meh after meh this whole freaking summer. After rage, don't forget the rage. There'll be some rage mixed in. But to be honest, I just want to see Pig. I don't understand how it can be only playing at three theaters in all of Canada. That is crazy. Do you know how crazy. long it takes to drive to Regina? 
too long. Regina is about eight or nine hours. You can get across. It's only, Saskatoon it's in only six. seven. It's only seven hours. Okay. Well, you can do six hours to Saskatoon. So Saskatoon's playing it? Yeah, Saskatoon's yes. got it at the Magic Lantern Roxy Theater at 7.30 p.m. Well, I think we should do a road trip this weekend. As soon as you get off, but we can't. You have to call in sick. So hopefully no one at your work's listening because yeah. we're calling in sick. We're leaving Saturday morning. We're going to drive to Saskatoon. We're going to see Pig, and then we're going to drive straight back. I am seriously, if you're serious, I, I'm like this close to saying, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I, let me, let me, let me chew on this for a while. Yes, right? we'll have to chew on it. We got time. Cause got this time. is, this is not out of the question right now. Let's just say that this is not the most outlandish thing that you've ever suggested. I do like and, to suggest and I, and I got things. some wheels turning right now thinking, yeah, why can't we do that? Well, because we both have spouses that would grab our nuts and we'd never see them again. But, you know, whatever. We can say emergency podcast. What's that excuse that, that husbands used all the time? Oh, I had an emergency podcast. We'll be, we'll be back by like. Conference. <laughs> we just. Okay, we just got to leave by what? 1 p.m. And we'll be back yep. by about 4 a.m. I don't see a problem. That's a few hours out of our lives. And that's, you know, Maurice probably using actual time. And at two in the morning, we can see. Well, no, well I'm, not, I'm not talking about gym. Just speed, second. About the normal speed. I don't even know. Is Saskatoon the same? They're not mountain standard time, are they? In the summer, they are. I think they are, yeah. Are they? Okay, so it's going to be. So it is six hours. Change. Nothing changes. Well, Saskatoon doesn't, we're not gonna change like, their, their We're not going to lose an hour. No, in, in the summertime, they're the same as us. Perfect. Stay tuned, Ragers. This is going to unfold this yeah. weekend. Who knows what's going to happen? Not out of the question. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's talk. Rage. Subsiding. Pulse. Slowing. Anger fading. Hey, do you have a podcast or maybe you're just thinking about starting a podcast? Well, I am Chris from Podcastic Audio, and here I show you tips and tricks on how to make your audio sound the best it possibly can with the gear you already have. With two years of experience on the Chris and Christine show creating the finest audio I possibly can make, I will show you the tips and tricks I have used on that show to make the audio sound fantastic. So if you have any podcast-related questions to your audio, you always can email me at podcasticaudio at gmail.com like this guy here did. His name is Joe. Joe writes in from the cast. Hey Chris, when we all sit down together to record our episode, our audio is too low and it has a lot of echo in the recording. How do we make our show sound better? Well, Joe, is the microphone you're using rhyme with the name Betty? And is that microphone in the same room with you? I'd start with that stuff first. And for more podtastic audio information, you can go to anchor.fm slash podtastic audio and you keep on making your amazing podcast. Sweet. All right. Interesting color. Okay, this week's Merman Minute is called Ray Winston, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, this week you went, you got to see Ray Winston play, being his usual badass self in Black Widow. He played the guy who basically screwed up Natasha Romanoff in the first place. 
and made her a stone cold killer. Uh, Winston is one of my favorite all time actors, but he hasn't always made good career choices. Uh, he's almost always good in everything, but sometimes he just should have said no. Start with the good. The Proposition, 2005. Uh, he basically makes a deal with a gang member, Charlie, played by Guy Pierce. He said he can earn his freedom and a pardon if he tracks down his own brother and kills him. Uh, he was actually at the top of his game here. Winston was ragged and unreasonable and somebody you think twice about crossing. He dominated the whole film. Uh, next up, we have The Departed. Movie with an all-star cast like Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon, Leo DiCaprio, and even Mark Wahlberg. Uh, he was excellent as Frenchie. Uh, he actually, he, despite the fact that Jack Nicholson was the star of the film, he basically uh, steals the film here as a ruthless bastard. Uh, see the cranberry juice uh, scene. Uh, then we have Sexy Beast, 2000. He's a retired safecracker who gets pulled out of retirement by a gangster, Ben Kingsley, to lead a mammoth heist. And basically, he underplayed it perfectly. He's a perfect uh, counterpoint to King Kingsley's venomous villain, a cockney wide boy with real low-key brilliance. Then we have the bad. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in 2008. Bar. <laughs> it was an action movie with Harrison Dorr before dragging his uh, Indiana Jones out of retirement for a critically panned and unnecessary fourth uh, movie. Well, there's a uh, fifth coming, so there's a fifth coming. He's too. already he's already injured himself, so he's getting to it. He turned seventy nine yesterday. Um, there's only room for one grizzled hero here, so Winston's pretty much left on the sidelines. Though he did have a few good scenes. Uh, and he always and he played a right sneaky bastard, so I gave him props for that. Uh, then we have Snow White and the Huntsman, which you know wasn't a great movie. I saw it because you know Chris Hemsworth's in it. Uh, Kristen Stewart was Snow White, Charlize Theron as Evil Queen, and Chris Hemsworth as the Huntsman. He is one of the eight dwarves. They made him a dwarf. Nice. He was a gritty dwarf. He, he had a fantastic hairdo and some nifty battle gear. He basically turned a lovable little sweet guy into a gutsy warrior. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Beowulf. Now, I actually was fond of this movie, mainly because I'm Scandinavian and I know the legend. Uh, it was at the cusp of the CGI motion capture revolution. It basically dons the, the dots to play the, uh, the blade-wheeling hero and gets himself a nice set of CGI abs for his efforts. Nice. Angelina Jolie is at her sexy CGI best as Grendel's mostly naked mother, who vows, vows revenge on Beowulf. Even though it was CGI, it was pretty hot. Uh, basically, uh, he gruffs his lines admirably, and he's very convincing as a CGI action hero. So I actually loved the film, but he wasn't good. <laughs> then we have The Ugly, The Devil's Tomb, 2009. Winston teams up with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ron Perlman for a film that doesn't even deserve their name power as a group of elite soldiers under, who uncover an ancient evil in an underground lab. Uh, he has a decent performance, clearly feeding off the enthusiasm of his co-stars. Too bad the film is not up to his level. And we have Fool's Gold, 2008. 
He's in the background as the spotlight shines on Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey on this rom-com about a recently divorced couple who rekindled their romantic life while searching for a lost treasure. Um, he has a go at an accent. We don't know what kind of an accent, either it's Texan or Australian or something. But he pretty much fails to conceal his Cockney uh, uh, tones. Still, he's the grittiest thing in this shiny turd of a movie. And then finally, we have the film which will probably prevent him from ever being on any of our lists. Cats, 2019. Uh, why the hell he chose to be in this, I have no idea. It's a musical, and as far as I know, he doesn't sing. Uh, he plays a character named Growl Tiger. Uh, enough said. Finally, an honorable mention to one of my favorite of his performances. It was a TV movie, so it doesn't really qualify for our little podcast. I actually saw it in England on BBC sitting on my cousin's couch. Doesn't get any more British than that. It was Henry VIII from 2003. It was a two-part TV movie. Basically, he played Henry VIII and uh, Emily Blunt was actually in it too. He played one of his wives, I think. Uh, he, was the, he was the Cockney King. He basically cracks jokes and is having a great time and a uh, very unusual take on you know, the most famous monarch. Uh, in, in his hands, basically Henry VIII is a gold-wearing gangster. That sounds about right. And that's all I got. That was awesome. And just because he was in Cats doesn't mean he still can't be on one of our lists because I have a feeling he might get put forward this... Uh, think so this day yeah well i'm pretty sure he can't be on that because of cats well there's <laughs> that there that is was that. a rage for both you guys well he, <laughs> it, it already has to start over because yeah Chris and he's getting old to... so i mean he's like almost 60 he can't make eight more movies before he's dead what you, you just, we just <laughs> talked about harrison ford's making what yeah but he eight. shouldn't be making movies anymore that's different <laughs> <laughs> they did the right thing killing him off in star wars they should have done the re- done it with every other character he has Exactly. Just watch while I make the Fugitive 2 and he'll be back. Okay. Thank you, Murray. That was fabulous. Okay, so, you know, after hearing Murray's thing, I'm I'm going to throw out uh, Ray Winston as mesmerizing. Nope. You know, I couldn't agree more. And Bryce says? Nope. All right. So that is a no, Murray. Yeah, I figured as much. Oh, Black Widow sunk him. If I didn't see Black Widow, I'd have to think you about it. But no, you can't. Use I understand that. that. Only, no, I can use the, the fact Spacey. that he was not. No, I can use the fact that I watched him in that movie, and in no way was he mesmerizing. Mesmerizing rises above the the material that they're given, and he did not rise above in that movie. I think he did. So no, he, he did, is okay. not mesmerizing, Although, and those are exactly how we should be viewing it. Don't tell me that oh. I don't know how. No, no, no. I thought you were going to play your Kevin Spacey card. You oh, hated the no. So much. no. And even at that, I may, I may not have made him mesmerizing anyways, but I this this last performance, uh, I don't know if he's getting a, not quite as good in the old age or what's the deal, but yeah, this, this movie just... I, well, he shouldn't what? have been trying to act as a Russian. That's oh. the first problem. Well, there you go. That didn't help. No, it didn't. All right, you losers got anything else you're putting forward? Uh, if we're doing mesmerizing, I, I don't know. If, I don't think she's on the list, but you brought her up earlier in the podcast. Rosario Dawson is absolutely mesmerizing. She was a completely meh movie, but every time she's on uh, the screen. 
Uh, was, wait a minute. Wasn't she in a movie we saw recently and I didn't like her in it? I have no idea. She wasn't Alexander, I can tell you that. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me just pull up good old Rosario. She was Dawson. mesmerizing in Alexander. She's the only thing about Alexander. <laughs> oh, that's right. She no. was great in The Waterman. I'll give you that. As I'm, I say, I'm not, I'm not saying she's undoubted, Jim. I'm saying she's mesmerizing. No, no. I, I know exactly what you're saying. I, mean, I just heck, remember seeing her she in was something. In, she was in some musical, too, and I, I hated the movie, but she was still mesmerizing. Yeah, she's been in a lot of TV stuff. Hmm. Mesmerizing should be hmm. a gut feeling, Jim. I don't know why you're analyzing everything that she's been in. I just I'm not sure what, seeing her in not some... Sure what, I just remember... Okay, you just you literally just did it with Ray Rinse. No, Rinse. I did not. Yes, you did. You literally said that one movie. Yeah, he it, was, and it was good. a gut feeling. As saying, soon as as soon as you said Ray Winston, no. Okay, so I'm gonna say no. Perfect. Until Let's I move think on. about it, because I'm saying no, because I saw her yeah, in something recently. That's your and gut she instinct. Boom. She's not mesmerizing. Done. Let's move on. There's there no. You go. There's no no. But let me think about it. No. I gotta remember the movie I saw her in. Where she wasn't good. Well, you're sitting there looking at a list of her movies. Yeah, I know. And There's apparently it's not jumping out at you, so I don't I don't know what you're I talking see, about right I now. I see a lot of movies. It could have been something that was like 10 years ago. And and she's also on TV a lot, so I can't even count that. Some of that. No, so I, you can't. That's why I don't know. That's exactly. That's why I need to go look at it. So she's no I until you, I review. Watch her and... I, I hate, well, I shouldn't say I hate this movie, but this was a total meh. As far as Kevin Smith movies goes, it was probably one of his worst. Clerks too, But she just absolutely, every time she's on screen in that movie, it's like, whoa. She just takes over that film because she is so mesmerizing. She's the only thing, good thing about this last thing that we watched, uh, Sun. No, not Sun. Uh, the Waterman. Sun was completely different. Uh, the Waterman. She right, every was. time she was on screen, it's like, whoa, she is mesmerizing. So, well, Murray, what do you think about Rosaria Dawson? Well, I can go either way, but no, I don't find her really mesmerizing at all. There you go, done. It's a done deal. Even now, I won't have to review anything. Perfect. You, you should have just asked which Murray in the first place. We could have got rid of five minutes of content here that wasn't super entertaining. But the, but people like to hear us banter. Do they? Apparently. They listen to our podcast. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. You mean this, other people are going to listen the to thing, this? Yeah, the thing that we're doing right now. News to me. It's actually recording. No, where do they hear it? <laughs> yeah, on, you know, in space. On the, in the interweb. Really? In the interwebatory stuff huh. and junk well they say you learn they, they say you learn something new every day so and they're walking around phones mm -hmm. and see now we're talking about this which is even more boring for them murray have know. you got anybody to put forward this no. week that was it that was the one i was going to suggest just your, just your boy ray yeah uh, you're not, you're not gonna uh, put... i find a mesmering mesmerizing. okay so okay opinion. so i'm gonna pull it out every we we talked about everybody else in that movie except one and lately she's been mesmerizing and that's scarjo I always liked Scarjo. <laughs> I thought you replaced her with a Russian actress, though. Okay, I'll tell you who you're really putting forward because that's funny. I am putting her forward. No, you're not. Everything she's... Yes, I am. 
everything she's done lately. Was she not in she Marriage was, Story? She was everything, mesmerizing in everything Jojo that she, did. she was mesmerizing in Marriage Story. She was mesmerizing. She was mesmerizing, she was mesmerizing in Marriage Story. But other than that, from the the Horse Whisperer Jojo and every, everything before the Horse Whisperer, she was mesmerizing, which is like three films. Since then, think eh. about she. She was definitely the most mesmerizing Under the in skin, Black Widow. Absolutely, but no, she's not mesmerizing. She's not. Jojo Rabbit, she was mesmerizing. No, she wasn't. That's right. No, she, she was. Wasn't. No. No. Would you rather put the kid, her son, up against her? Is that what you're saying? I you're would. I don't really need to put either of them on this. I don't know why we're. Why you do the kid? What? I think if anybody think, was mesmerizing think, in that move in Jojo Rabbit, it was uh, yeah, yeah, dude the from, other kid, the friend. Nah, nah, what's his head? Friend. You know, the guy. Sam with, Rockwell. That's the, the guy, Rockwell? Sam Rockwell. Well, is oh. Sam Rockwell on our list? Because he's on a couple. Maybe. Oh, he's got to sure. be on the. Yeah, he's got to be. He's, he's listing it up, man. I love. I love. I, I'm pretty sure he's on one of our lists, but maybe we didn't put him on both. Well, I don't know that he can. He be on both. He can be mesmerizing and undoubted. That's what I'm. I'm just asking: Can he be undoubted, or is he already undoubted? I don't even know. This is. Lists are getting too big. They're unruly. We need to have. (laughs) Seriously, one of us got to go through this mesmerized list and start finding movies where they're going head to head. Because we got to narrow this sucker down. It's insane right now. The thing. What is it? Like four thousand names long now. Pretty pretty close. Yep. Mm Hmm. I, I thought that he was on our. I'm just looking through the list. It is pretty big. Yeah. Oh wait, he's not on. He's not. Maybe he got knocked off on the. No, nah, oh, he, he didn't just... get knocked off of anything. There's a search. There's a search. Okay, he's not in our mesmerized list. All right. Is he undoubted? And he's not undoubted. Okay, so well, at the very so... least, he's mesmerizing. Mur, what do you say, Sam Rockwell? Oh yeah, I thought he was on the list already. I thought, thought he was, was on too. all the lists. Should be. Well, he can't be on all of them. We, he's definitely not doubted. And he's definitely not repulsive. <laughs> all right. Well, should we? I know we've eaten up a lot of time in this segment already. But I kind of want to now do is do to see if he's undoubted. Okay. Well, what do you got? If you got okay, him, you write got him, him up? Write him down. Write him yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he was. Oh, it's a voice only. Home movie. Okay, that's animated. Richard Jewell was a Mondo. Jojo Rabbit was a Mondo. Oh, I think you gave this a rage. The best of enemies? It's a rage. Was it? Yeah. Or was it a meh? No, it okay. was a rage. I that, right. that, that is the most whitewashed movie in the history of movies. The white savior garbage that wasn't accurate at all. No. Well, then he was in Vice, which would have been a Mondo. Mondo! Blue Iguana, which would have been a meh for me. I was meh. Uh, then Blaze, which I didn't see. Didn't see Blaze. Woman's Walk Ahead. Didn't see it. Woman Walks Ahead, not Walk Ahead. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, which was a Mondo. Mondo. So he's making good choices. Oh, yeah. He just made one really bad one. And apparently he's mesmerizing. He's definitely mesmerizing, and I have no doubt that in three years he'll he may be on the undoubted list. I doubt it. Really? Well, he made he made a movie that you raged over, so there's a good chance he's going to make another one. He, that's not necessarily true because he's made one out of like 
a bunch that I've like literally that's the only movie that I've raged on of his. So which should have been a mad by the way. But no, anyway, that's a whole other story. Been, it was garbage. all right. Okay, so we're doing what? Moving on. Are we moving on now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do that. Waiting on you, Mark. Uh, I can't hear the music, so I had no idea if it was to start or not. Well, the music's starting now. It's playing. All right, last week on Rage or Dare, both Jim and Bryce took a giant scoop from my ice creamery goodness bucket of rage and picked the comedy The Benchwarmers. This week we have been dared to see a movie by one of our favorite listeners, Philip. Uh, it's actually on the streaming service Tubi. Philip, for those of you who don't know, is one of our pals, and he also might be coming to Vegas with us this year. That's right, the Film Rage crew is going to Vegas. Uh, November 9th this year, we're going to be there for a whole week, so it's a good chance to see all of us if you come and join us. Let's check in with Bryce and see if he loved the double scoop of Rage flavored ice cream, or would he have rather seen Benchwarmers 2? Double scoop. Double scoop. All right, so the bench warmers from 2006 was better than I could have imagined, uh, given the plot of adults playing baseball against little leaguers. Why are what? they doing this? Well, to combat bullying, of course. How does this make sense? It doesn't. Are there way too many homophobic jokes here that are more cringe-inducing than funny? Yes, there are. Uh... Is David Spade wearing one of the best wigs ever shot on film? Yes. Is there a John Lo- is John Lovitz in a scene with the Batmobile? Yes. Is there a barrage of attempts at, that, uh, at humor that just don't land at all? Yes. Are there attempts at humor that hit the mark? Yes. I guess the only real question is, did I laugh enough for this film to not be a rage? The answer is yes. John Lovitz was 85% of the time funny. Rob Schneider batted around 500 in the funny department, and David Spade's wig definitely earned him some extra points. John Heater was about what you'd expect from him. You know, he's John Heater and all. What is he doing these days? I don't know. Has he been in anything? Can you think of anything John Heater's been in? No. No, nothing? Not really. All right. Then we got some cameos from the likes of NFL great Bill Romanowski and NFL not-so-great Sean Salisbury. And Terry Crews. Plus, we got a cameo from an actual baseball player. Imagine that. In a baseball movie, we got a cameo from a baseball player. Mr. October, Reggie Jackson, which was also funny. That was actually funny stuff. Not sure why we got so many NFL players in a movie about baseball, but, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, some of it was offensive. Some of it was not funny at all. But enough of it made me laugh to warrant a rating of meh. It was all right. Okay, you are... I don't even know where you pull these reviews out of your ass yeah, because either. this, this like, oh my god, this movie was so fucking terrible. I just want um, thanks, Murray. Thank I, you, I I laughed a lot. Thank you. <laughs> okay, it's not the so, intention. I always know when a movie starts with the opening credits that says "Happy Madison Production" mm-hmm. that I'm going to fucking hate it. And so as soon as that came up, I was like, this is going to be terrible. But then I remembered that John Heater is in this. Oh, right. But the double doubted Rob Schneider and David Spade were also in this. 
yeah. Plus, Rob Schneider is the fucking worst actor I've ever seen, and this movie really profiled that 100%. But John Heater did kind of remind me of Bryce a bit. After all, he was a teller of truths through the entire movie. Is that why you like this movie, Bryce? No, I hated John Because John Heater was a teller of truths? No, John Heater sucked in this movie. John Heater was the only good thing in this movie. John Heater was good in Napoleon Dynamite, and that's it. The plot of this story was so awful. I mean, terrible. No, I mean, completely (laughs) idiotic. Absolutely. Not sure who thought three mentally challenged men playing baseball with a bunch of prepubescent bully assholes would be anything but painful as a hot poker stuck up my ass, eating my eyes, or seeing a Snyder and Spade matchup uh, and the range of acting equivalent to negative integers, or perhaps the fact that not one of them is even good enough to be a root vegetable. Perhaps the range uh, of some kind of poisonous fungus might be better to judge these two terrible actors and this terrible film combined into one hot mess of sadistic rage fest. My hatred of sports films mixed with my hatred of two fully doubted actors filled me with the feeling I do not feel very often. I cried real tears of pain more painful than when i had stitches as a child without having them administer freezing more painful than when i had explosive hemorrhoids last year after sitting on a frozen ice block in the rocky mountain glaciers almost more painful than watching the movie cats the musical almost but not quite all of the cameos of snl alumni were hurting the core of my essence i had a moment in the movie that I had an out-of-body experience and I was transcending space and time through tears of suffering that I felt part of my soul leave my body and never return. I remember when I had a full soil soil before seeing this movie. I wasn't really sure why they kept having adult men playing baseball with preteens again and again Comedy. and again huh grown men playing with preteen boys yeah when you say it aloud it does kind of sound gross it's it just <laughs> i just wanted this movie to end not when you the say only, playing baseball the only thing that was good in this entire movie and i mean barely good was seeing nick swartston in this film and oh yeah Some of the music was actually pretty great, but ultimately I lost part of my soul, a lot of tears, and relearned a new form of pain I forgot existed as the pain flowed directly from this movie into the core of my essence, leaving a giant hole of rage that is now overflowing out of me into all of you listening right now. This movie was the biggest rage I've seen this year aside from one that is not to be spoken of. And it is almost in the category of cats and very closely into nine lives. The scene where the preteen boy pulls the, pa- he pulls the pants down as Schneider ran bases, and then the grown man reciprocates by pulling a preteen boy's pants down was not funny. It was disgustingly gross. And this movie summation is that this movie is also gross. The fact that Bryce gave this a math just makes it even worse. 
He gave Black Widow, which entertained Murray to the point of Mondo, yet he gave this a meh. Because it was meh. It wasn't that bad. I laughed. It was fucking awful. How nah. could you say that? Murray, have you seen this movie? Uh, no, thankfully not. I saw who the cast was and I stayed far away from but it. I, but I understand you own the movie, so you could uh, technically see I it. I did own the movie. I bought it for the sole purpose of lending it to you guys to watch, but you decided to get it free somewhere else. So we went in the trash and they hauled oh, so it away today. Even... <laughs> I paid well, a dollar for it. Belongs. it. Why the hell that's would ex- I? I paid a dollar for it. Why that's the hell exactly would I watch it? That's exactly where it belongs. That's exactly where it belongs. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't that okay, bad. Okay. So, no. Oh my God. This. I can't, I can't understand you sometimes. You're not alone. I, I like to laugh. Yeah, so I like to I, laugh too. There funny. wasn't one thing funny in there. Nothing. Nothing oh, yeah. was funny. Oh, there, there was some stuff oh, that definitely oh. wasn't funny. There was some, some offensive oh. stuff, as you said. But there was enough laugh in there. John Lovitz was great. Love John, John Lovitz. Lovitz was John just, Lovitz. John but... Lovitz was John Lovitz. He's I know. Funny. Exactly. John Lovitz was John Lovitz. Thank goodness. Good who's stuff. Not, who's not funny. Oh. Um, I just need to remind Bite all the tongue. listeners here that he also liked... He gave Hubie Halloween a mess, so yeah, obviously he does like Happy Madison productions. Okay, so. so for next week, we've been dared by Philip to see the movie called American Satan from 2017, and it's awesome. on Tubi. Well, I might actually watch that so, then. So Bryce and I, and maybe even Murray, will maybe. be watching American Satan from 2017. Okay. Be prepared. Hail Satan. Hail Satan, yeah. <laughs> all right. I think this had a lot enough rage in it to subside us. Well, there for was the, some rage, all right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this... uh... Thanks again, Ragers, for listening. Rage love to Jolene from It Goes Down in the PM podcast. And James, our two member subscribers, thanks to Extended Film Rage crew of Leonard Conlon for his artistic vision of photography via Leonard Conlon Photography. For Bex Goose for her cartooning skills at potatoladypodcastreviews.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Canyon Meadows Cinemas. Please go and support your local independent cinemas near you as they definitely need your help. And if you're in Saskatchewan or you're in Ottawa, please go see Pig. You might even see us there. Find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at FilmRageYYC. Check out everything FilmRage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Redbubble and TeePublic. See what we look like on our YouTube channel by searching FilmRage Podcast. We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners, so please comment often, like, and subscribe, and send us an email to FilmRageCalgary at gmail.com. Dare us to see a terrible movie like Benchwarmers to fuel our rage, but no matter what you do, please make us rage please please that's it for this week rage on rage on rage on